This is Keep Up. I'm your host, Cynthia Dill. It's Tuesday, October 4th, 2022, and I'm in my Portland, Maine studio, where I just watched Maine's first gubernatorial debate of 2022 between incumbent Democratic Governor Janet Mills, former Republican Governor Paula Page, and independent Sam Hunkler. The 90-minute debate took place in Lewiston at the Franco Center and was sponsored by Maine Public, the Portland Press-Herald, and the Lewiston Sun-Journal. Joining me by phone to talk about tonight, about tonight's debate is Nick Murray, the Director of Policy for the Maine Policy Institute, a conservative think tank. Welcome, Nick Murray. Thanks for having me on, Cynthia. Well, I really appreciate you making the effort. And uh, for listeners um, who might not know you, um, where are you and what are you doing these days? I currently am at my apartment in Poland, Maine. Uh, not the country, uh, and I am uh, director of policy at Maine Policy Institute. So I'm working with our team there to develop research, analyze uh, public policy, mostly on the state legislative level, but uh, we do some local work as well, and um, directing our kind of research priorities and our strategic priorities in the in the legislature. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's been an interesting year to be an observer in Maine politics. Now, Nick, I captured uh, a little bit of information from you um, from the usual sources, and it looks like you went to college at uh, the University of New Hampshire and studied political science, I believe, um, and and grew up in New Jersey. When did you land in Maine? When did you first enter the Maine political arena? That's correct. So, yes, yeah, so I went to school at UNH, graduated in 2012, and uh, actually my first foray into Maine politics was a good friend of mine, who was running for state rep in uh, in Falmouth, and he was running in 2012. So I uh, I was living in Dover, New Hampshire at the time, and I would drive up periodically over the year, and eventually, you know, stayed there for probably a few weeks to, towards the end. But helping him manage his campaign, hit doors, uh, you know, draft his uh, his palm cards and his literature and graphic design and all that. We uh, we sort of we sort of cut our teeth trying to figure out how to run a campaign then, and then. Uh, you know, I was working on various signature gathering efforts with my friend David Boyer for uh, the campaign to regulate marijuana like alcohol in Maine. So moved up here full time in 2015, actually, to collect signatures uh, and uh, organize on the field, uh, on the ground to, to legalize cannabis for adults over 21. So something I'm, I'm proud to have been a part of here in Maine. So you've been around Maine political circles for a bit, but maybe not up close and personal with Governor LePage's governing style was when he was governor. My question is really just about tonight's debate. Did you sense a difference in tone from Paul LePage than what we saw, you know, him like when he was governor between 2010 and 2008? I mean, 18. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like you said, I, I you know, I was here for the, the tail end of LePage's tenure, and I would say that he's cooled down a bit in those four years, you know, spending some time in Florida, slowing down, um, you know, getting in touch with the important things in life. I think, you know, I think he has he has cooled a bit, and there, there are points where he did really try to step out and, um, you know, confront Governor Mills. Um, but honestly, I probably would have liked to have seen him do more of that um, because I, I still think he, you know, was within the same range of a, a cool, calm, uh, composed LePage. 
He is down in the polls. Now, obviously, polls have not been that reliable in the, in the last couple of elections. However, they are a, a measuring tool that we have available, and all of the polls suggest that LePage is down. Do you think he moved the needle tonight? Do you think he convinced any of the voters who are on the fence uh, to his side? Honestly, I don't think any of those voters are watching tonight. Uh, it was the first debate of the season, and... Um, it, you know, we, we can definitely talk about where we think the polls are right now uh, or where reality, we think reality is, but um, I, I can't really, I don't, I don't think this debate would have moved the needle for many voters anyway, but I seriously doubt that a lot were, were watching and I'm, I'm trying to think of ways that, you know, the campaigns would maybe repackage some of it. Um, I honestly don't think much of the content of this debate is going to go very far and we do have a few more. So I, I would expect those to be a little more heated, a little more pointed, and maybe um, have more more traction or uh, mileage. Did, was his position? Um, Governor Mills has stated that her veto pen will, you know, be the the uh, the firewall between a woman's right to choose and conservative efforts to roll back abortion rights in Maine. I was somewhat surprised to hear Paula Page say that he too is you know, willing to accept the current state of the law when it comes to abortion and would veto any steps to uh, further restrict a woman's right to choose. Did that surprise you? Well, no, it it was more surprising to me that he took so long to get to that answer, honestly. I think it is a pretty easy answer for any Republican in the Northeast. You know, our state law defines, um, you know, abortion at viability. It, it, it outlines illegal abortion past uh, the point of viability. And that was law for, for decades, established law for decades on the federal level. Um, Maine, you know, we, we, we amended our law to be the Roe standard before Roe was even precedent. So, you know, to me, it's, it's a no brainer that the, the law shouldn't change. And, you know, that, that was, that, well, I'll say that was frustrating for me to see LePage sort of flounder and get flustered there when that is kind of the easy answer of, yeah, I'm going to veto any bill that changes the law. The law should stay the same. But that's, you know, that's, that's, that's yeah, I mean, I, I am in agreement with you, and I'm happy that that's his position should he win. But it surprised me because that's definitely not the position of, I think, a majority of conservative Republicans. They want to roll back abortion rights. They want to make abortion illegal. So that, that surprised me. Was there any big surprises at all for you? I mean, it was kind of a ho-hum debate. In my view, there wasn't a clear winner, although Janet Mills, it's her race to lose. And I also agree with you that I don't think Paula Page moved the needle. And I don't think Sam Hunkler is a spoiler in any sense of the word. Would you agree with me about that? Yes. Yes. That that was something that was disappointing as well, because Hunkler has so many opportunities to outline a third way or even any way at all of that, <laughs> any position, you know, yeah. <laughs> and he, he just let those all fall by the wayside. I think the most present that he was was talking about healthcare, which is talking about the drug crisis, which makes a lot of sense. The guy's a family physician, you know, um, I think he has, he has a good perspective there and maybe he should take that lesson and say, well, people maybe want to hear my perspective, not just that I'm a person that's going to listen to all perspectives. You know, he, at, somewhere at the end, he was saying, uh, you know, I have ideas, I have policy ideas, but I'm just going to listen to people. And I'm screaming at the TV, didn't say them. 
Yeah. That's why you're on the stage, man. Like, why did you collect 4,000 signatures? I'll be honest, Cynthia, I, I, you know, I interviewed him on Inside Maine a, a few weeks ago and was frustrated with the same thing, gave him so many opportunities to actually put himself out there. So, yeah, no, I don't think he's going to be a spoiler. And, you know, as far as surprises, I was expecting LePage to push back on the governor's policy, especially around the uh, the COVID-19 vaccine mandate, which fired thousands of healthcare workers and EMTs for refusing a product that now we know doesn't prevent transmission and has zero public health benefit in that way. And, you know, in her, her push to keep the schools closed and, you know, keep up the pressure on, on you know, families and everything like that. I think there were a lot of opportunities for LePage to butt in and talk about her pandemic response and how it's affected a lot of the state and how we're seeing some of the effects now still today. So that was something that was surprising to me, that he didn't take advantage of those opportunities. I was also very surprised that the COVID issue didn't come up more uh, and the lockdown of the schools didn't come up because that's clearly something that people are talking about. Uh, <clears throat> is your organization making endorsements? Will you be, you no. know, and, and no, we're not. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. So no. And when it comes to the economy, it seems like Janet Mills has a pretty good record of working with Republicans to, you know, the, this, the checks that went out, LePage had a, a quip, you know, he wouldn't have bought the election by sending out checks and would have instead have, you know, instead invested the extra surplus money in reducing energy prices and perhaps reducing food prices, which, you know, two good ideas. But it's true that Janet Mills has worked successfully with Republicans to um, to do several things when it comes to the economy. Is your organization um, critical of the Mills handling of the economy? Um, on overall sense, generally, yes. I think, you know, LePage made some good points about our labor force participation that has not caught up. It's lagged a lot since the pandemic. Um, and Pre, pre-pandemic, we were doing better than national average. We were on pace with New Hampshire, and now we've fallen way behind. I think a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, ex- expanding Medicaid, for instance, taking able-bodied childless adults out of the workforce in a lot of ways, uh, rolling back some of the, the welfare reforms that LePage made, which another surprise of mine for the debate that he didn't have, you know, make that make it an opportunity for himself. Um, but specifically on those $850 checks, we were on record from from last summer when the revenue projections came out that we had eight hundred thousand a billion dollar surplus coming and projected. We were saying, all right, we're going to use we should use this to cut the income taxes. We could we could pay for a substantial amount of income tax cuts uh, for everyone making up to the first fifty thousand dollars that everyone makes in Maine should be exempt from income taxes. We can pay for that for four years. Um, so we were saying that from the beginning, we didn't want we didn't want to send checks uh, to everybody. I think we could have we think that we could have paid for this uh, structural tax reform with this money. And lo and behold, the money showed up. The state had even more money as a surplus, and then the people are still getting fleeced: groceries, gas, eating oil. Everything is still expensive. Yeah, we had some more money in our pockets, but we need structural reform to actually cut you know cut the costs of people year to year and allow the economy to really grow. The state doesn't lead economic growth, people do. Well, I think Janet Mills would say though that that under her administration that you know that she has addressed um, tax reform. She certainly made the point that 55% of the school costs are covered. I mean, when it comes to um, Mainers going to the polls in November, do you, 
do you ex- do you anticipate any event like an October surprise <laughs> that might change the trajectory of the race? I mean, right now it seems like Janet Mills is 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 leading in the polls. LePage has not made a very strong performance, at least tonight, in terms of move, moving the needle. And um, I don't know. There's kind of a lack. Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you think is going to happen to change the race, if anything? Yeah, I think the race is closer than the polls say. Um, I, you know, I don't think LePage is down by 10 or 12 points like uh, Essex or UNH had him, with all due respect to, to my alma mater. Um, and I've seen some polls, even internal polls, that are oversampling Democrats because it's really tough to get uh, voters from the second con- congressional district uh, to, to answer a poll. It's difficult to get Republicans or conservatives in general to answer polls nowadays. So I'm, I'm really skeptical on, on you know, how far away the, way the, the race is. I think it's much closer than we're being led to believe. And I think, you know, momentum occurs in a short time. And if, you're, if we're talking about a four or five point spread, that can be made up in the next four weeks. So, so I think it is really anybody's, anybody's race. Um, it's going to come down to turnout. We're talking strategy. Um, each side has to bring out their people. And, uh, and, you know, I think that's why you see the Democrats really focusing on abortion. It's something that energizes their base. And I think that's why you see a lot of Republicans talking about economy and the cost of living, because that's going to energize folks that they want to get to the polls. So that's going to be a game. But, um, you know, look, Mills talking about how she was able to fund 55%. She's able to do all these things, do all these grants, you know, fund these property tax uh, exemptions and rebates. A lot of that's federal money. That came from the federal government. That was printed out of thin air. And, you know, we're already experiencing the inflation. So that's, you know, she, she might as well spend the money. But that's where all this came from. It's not from her great fiscal management, which is what I hear in her ads all the time. <laughs> People need to understand that that's, that's all federal money. So... Maybe maybe LePage can try to highlight that and just try to poke holes in in that case, but I don't know. It you know. Well, I think I think I think there has been an absolute influx of you know just so much federal money, but I think the there's a if there's a surplus in main state revenue. Some of it is definitely you know some of it is definitely attributable to the main you know. Uh, main income received is higher than 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 the expenses i think i think i think the governor has a can pretty safely point to the 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 revenue and 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 the numbers and 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 make the case that she's managed um the budget the point that lepage kept making about it being a partisan or excuse me a majority budget versus a um a bipartisan budget uh, is that a point that you think is going to resonate with people who are i mean i don't <laughs> yeah i don't think people are following it that closely i think the two they were talking about two different budgets lepage was talking about the uh march budget um where they where it was a majority budget and i believe mills was talking about her supplemental later i honestly couldn't keep track of it and i follow this stuff for a living so i could there, there were multiple supplemental budgets and spending bills. One was all federal money. The billion dollars that came directly from the federal government to the state of Maine was spent by Governor Mills. She claims that was part of her fiscal management, literally a billion dollars given to, to her to spend. Um, the localities in Maine got another half billion. And then at the end of the fiscal year, the state had about a billion and a half in excess revenue. So what that, what that means is that we got a bunch of federal money that we didn't need 
and we're now experiencing the inflation and the, it's just fed back through the economy. Um, uh, and so, you know, what she's claiming is her federal or her, her fiscal management was really double what, what it should have been. You know what I'm saying? She got as much in federal money as was needed, as what as what the shortfall was. Um, so it should have been it should have been even. But now she gets to say that you know she has all of these um, spending met all these spending priorities, federal money. Voters are going into the polls, uh, you know, less than forty days, and the next debate isn't until I think October twenty fourth, maybe. Um, what what has to change? What what do you think has to change uh, in the debate format, or or what would you like to see in the next debate to to shake things up a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think necessarily the format is a problem there. You know, it, it takes them a while to get loosened up, and there's always going to be some awkward moments. It's kind of what we love about local politics. I think you don't want somebody who's super polished. Gonna, you're going to have some awkward moments. Um, I think it was kind of weird that the Portland Press Herald and the main public reporters who were running the debate tonight had different and specific questions for each candidate. Um, sometimes it felt appropriate, but sometimes it felt inappropriate, um, and, it, and it wasn't necessarily quite even um, on each of them. So, you know, I guess it would probably be more beneficial or more fair if you just ask the candidates the same question. You can go one, two, three. Um, I don't expect to see Hunkler in some of the later ones because I think there are some polling thresholds that he might not meet, but I'm, I'm not exactly sure. So it could just be a straight head-to-head debate. Maybe that'll be more interesting. Um, but, you know, it really is going to depend on how the candidates perform. Um, obviously, you don't want to cause any self-inflicted wounds as a candidate in a debate, um, but you want to make it interesting and leave, leave something for people to remember. Um, or, or, or maybe not. Maybe that's your strategy that you don't want it to be memorable and you want to coast to where you are um but i think you know i think we would all like to see something memorable out of these so i'm looking to the candidates for that do you think uh paula page should perhaps uh, lean on his trump you know his trumpism he's he said numerous times that he was donald trump before donald trump do you think that's something he should remind people of in the debates or do you think his distancing himself from Trump is a wise move? No, I, I think it is a wise move for sure. Um, I don't think, I just don't think the way that he is reminds people of Trump. I think it takes questions from reporters to remind people that he reminds people of Trump. You know, um, we're not going to see Donald Trump in Maine on this race. Um, he's already, he's, you know, he's, he's stayed away, and I think for good reason. I'm sure LePage appreciates that as well. If, if I were him, I would, um, given the given the state. Um, but yeah, I don't think folks, you know, listening to Paul LePage would think, oh yeah, this guy's just like Trump. That's that's not what I gathered from from his demeanor tonight. Well, Nick Murray, I really appreciate you chiming in about the first gubernatorial debate in Maine. Uh, if you had to say who the winner was, who who do you think won the debate tonight? Um, I think it, it was uh, Sam Hunkler's life story won the debate tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> well, you know, if you don't know, then um, it's it's better just to say you don't know. Uh, and I have a feeling you're not alone in that regard. I don't think there was a clear winner, but because, like I said, it was Janet, it, in my view, based on the numbers, at least as far as we know them, it's Janet mm-hmm. Mills' 
race to lose, and so it was really up to Paula Page to move the needle, and I don't think he did it. I mean, I think he didn't necessarily yeah. lose people, but I don't think he he brought more people into his camp tonight with the performance. I think it was read, you know, readily apparent that Hunkler is not a spoiler, so people don't have to worry about that. Um, and we'll see what happens, but um, I, I'm curious to see it. Perhaps, you know, if Vladimir Putin drops a nuclear weapon and the whole world goes to war, or something could really happen in the next month or so that would just shake things up, but we'll see. Um, and if something does happen, I hope you might consider joining the podcast again to talk about it. I'll be glad to. All right, great. Well, thanks so much. Nick Murphy, uh, excuse me, Nick Murray. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, director of the Policy for uh, Maine Policy Institute. Director of Policy for the Maine Policy Institute. Thank you very much for joining Keep Up, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.